Welcome into the Train With The Best podcast. I'm Craig Hoffman. Chris Gores. We're back after a week of hiatus slash vacation and a holiday weekend. Uh, I actually did go away. Got to meet uh, our niece for the first time. Little seven-week-old Lincoln. So that was fun. Uh, but also been in the process of moving, as we mentioned at the end of the last episode, that we might be a little wonky on schedule. So uh, that's what happened. We were wonky on schedule because your boy's moving. That's right. You're still technically moving, right? Because you're not into the new apartment for right. another... 10 days. So, but hey, it's you're living the life. That's the, uh, that's part of it. <laughs> yeah. The life of a non commuting uh, couple partnership life <laughs> right. combined life. Uh, so right. we're, we're excited to be in one place. And then uh, we're, we're literally moving on up uh, in a couple of weeks, staying in the same building, but a bigger place on a higher floor. So that's exciting. Uh, and, and Chris, that'll be really exciting too for the podcast. Uh, not really for the listeners in any meaningful way, but for me. <laughs> Right now, like whenever I ha- we do this, I like drag. I mean, you've been in this apartment, so you know. Like right. I, I, I stow the roadcaster, my microphone, everything in a corner. I drag it out to the table in the middle of the living room. I'm gonna have like we'll have an office, and it'll wow. have like a den set up. The desk that I had in my old place <laughs> will be set up. The roadcaster will be on it. My laptop will be on it. The microphone will be hooked to that desk, and I will have like a studio that will not move, does not require any setup. And I would just be, maybe the listeners will notice because I will be happier. <laughs> maybe. Uh, I'm still going to be in my guest room, just uh, just kicking it on the bed that my parents <laughs> use when they come here. So <laughs> that's where I'm going to be. It's uh, it's it's the Studio Gores slash the, ho- it, I love that room because uh, it looks like you're in a hotel room. That The paint on the walls is very welcoming it's in very, a hotel kind of way. Well, I stay in hotels like, Half the year. So I was like, okay, if this is going to be a guest room and people are going to stay here, let's make it look a little bit like a hotel, right? So, yeah, that was kind of the vibe that we were going for. Well, you nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> uh, where where have you been uh, the past couple of weeks? Man, I've been I, chilling. I, 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 I know you've you. done. Oh, okay. I, I would say you have some travel coming up, though. Vertimax is starting to kick up the fall season, if you will. We do. So we, we, we had to pivot a little bit on... Uh, the virtual because Florida is doing what Florida does. So, yeah. um, so the so the summit this year is going to be virtual again. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got some pretty good speakers. Um, myself included in 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 that list. I'm going to be presenting along with Steve Leo on some vertical jump progressions and protocols. Um, Steve will do some acceleration stuff, and then we have Lee Taft to talk about. Um, uh, if you guys don't follow Lee Taft already, he's he's a really great. Strength and conditioning coach, speed coach out of Indiana. Um, I first met him. I guess he was at what's that place? Nifts, where mm-hmm. we used to live with Lorenzo when we yeah, go yeah, to the yeah. And he was out there doing some stuff with IUPUI, Indiana University, Purdue University, and Indianapolis. Right, the old um, ooey pooey. <laughs> right. So uh, he's going to be a speaker. Um, there's one more that I'm forgetting. It's not. It's not on the top of my head right now, but I think I posted it the other day, but uh, yeah, that'll be in October. Um, We've got another, we've got a Vertimax thing coming up this Sunday. So that'll be good. Um, We'll have that here in Richmond. And yeah, I think, I think it's starting to pick back up uh, all all around the country. People are starting to do more of these certifications and mentorship events, which is, which is cool to get people to go back out there again. No doubt. Uh, Trevor Anderson is the, the last presenter. The go. game plan yeah. for life and, or for training and life. So right. um, that'll be cool. Um, and obviously we can recap that. We always do. We can try to have some of the 
Lee or Trevor on. Uh, we should have Steve on. Steve's great. I've, I've had a chance yeah. to see him present through EP. Um, and so, yeah, he's great. We should definitely have Steve on at some point. And, and yeah, that's a, that that's not the heaviest lift we've ever, we've ever tried as a podcast in terms of guests to try to get right. a, a fellow Vertimax master trainer on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we did the, the family thing, been obviously moving. Um, it's funny cause you were, you were referenced this weekend as we were out, uh, just hanging out with the baby and, and, uh, oh, Rachel's, no. Rachel's sister and, and her husband were like, you know what? Chris would probably be great at holding babies. He's got a lot of experience. No, I'm terrible. Are you You're kidding? terrible at, at ho- holding babies. Yeah, yeah, I'm terrible. I how don't like you, holding babies. How are you bad at holding babies? You had four of I'm your not, own. I'm not bad at it. I'm not great at it. Okay, this is gonna sound terrible because there's a lot of people out there who love dogs, and you know how I feel about dogs. I'm completely apathetic. I'm indifferent. Like I don't mm-hmm. have. I don't hate them, but I didn't grow up with them as pets and they weren't like friendly to me growing up. So I don't have a thing or an affinity towards dogs. I also don't have an affinity towards like newborn babies. Like even my nephews and nieces and stuff when they're newborn, I don't like holding them. I think it's I like I think they should just be with their parents. Even even when our kids were 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 really, really young, really newborn, it was Vina that held them most of the time. Um I, I like it when they get to the age where I can throw a ball at their face full speed <laughs> and they can throw it back like that's So that's, that's kind of the age that I enjoy. You really so, had to word it that way, huh? Yeah, I, no, that, that was like the day that I, I was like, wow, this is fun. Like I can throw a ball at Mila's face as hard as I can. And she catches and, it and throws and it back. And she'll catch it and throw it right back. So that was cool. Right. And I don't know. Some people, some people don't like that. Like they, are not looking forward to the teenage years or whatever. I love that. I love the teenage years right now. I love where we're at and being able to talk to them about stuff. But like when it's just this thing that just needs to breathe and eat and sleep and, and poop and doesn't really do anything else. Like it's a, it's a challenge. Yeah. That, uh, that was, that was my general gist of babyhood was that it's just like, it's exhausting because everything is around the eating and sleep schedule of this child that has no other capabilities other than being adorably cute. Um, and then you're just like, oh, okay, she's sleeping. Now what's, right. now what's our life? And right. But I also, I don't know, man, like I was kind of like you uh, where I was like, man, the first couple of years, like, let me just adopt a five-year-old. Like, let me, <laughs> let me start there. No. <laughs> um, but like, I, I read this piece by and it was it was sparked by Kobe's death. Uh, but Marcus Thompson wrote a piece in the Athletic about childhood and a conversation he had had with Kobe about how, like, man, don't like embrace every little moment. And I thought that like that really impacted me in terms of like, I'm I'm happy that I got to see our niece at seven weeks so I can remember what she was 100%. like at seven weeks. And so yeah. like, well, yeah, you're like, okay, like we don't need more than a two day trip. Like we got it. There's lots of baby snuggles. It was great. She's adorably cute. I loved holding her. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not like we could have a conversation or even like play on, like, it's not like we could, we could play on the ground. Forget throwing a ball full speed. Like, it's yeah. not like we could roll a ball back and forth. She's seven weeks old. She does. Right, exactly. she, she can't hold her head up yet. But it was, right. it was very cool to, to kind of see, as someone who, who does not have a lot of baby experience and, and does not have any children of his own yet, uh, it was very cool to see like a, a seven-week-old and, and kind of have that, time, that checkpoint so of, t- of how it goes. Yeah, yeah and, and how tiny. Yeah. 
they're so tiny and precious and, and, you know, you cherish those moments. And, and like you said, yeah, you need those moments. And I, again, I'm not somebody that's saying I'm, I did hold my babies. I did. I definitely didn't hold like other people's babies though. Like even like when my brother, or my sister, when they had kids and, you know, um, when Vina's brother and sisters had kids, like I didn't hold them. I was like, no, I'm good. Like I'm, I could just look at them. It's fine. Um, and, and, you know, me, like I'm a, I'm a coach at heart. Like I want to be able to coach them and teach them stuff. Like yeah. yesterday I was like teaching DJ how to play chess. So like, I'm a teacher. That's the, what I want to do. And I love, I enjoy that interaction, but yeah, when, when they're young, there's two things you gotta, you gotta have those moments to have in your bank. Mm-hmm. But like, as they learn, you also have to learn as a parent. I think people like don't get this step and I've cheated because I get a chance to coach and be a part of a lot of young people's lives. So I've had the chance to see their relationship with their parents, like all kinds, all different kinds, great mm-hmm. relationships, bad relationships, all different kinds. And like you go back to childhood and as the baby grows, you grow as a parent, right? Because the first thing they're going to have to learn how to do is like feed themselves and then wipe themselves and then like walk and all that other stuff. And so as they're learning, you also have to learn how to let go, because if you can't let go to let your kid make a mess all over their face, because they will, they're going to make a mess. Right. But if you can't let go of that, if you delay that longer and longer and longer, it's just going to be a bigger mess when they eventually have to learn on their own. And you're not going to be prepared for when they have to drive, choose a school, choose a job, choose a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever. Right. So like. Those moments in the beginning when you're letting them go to learn how to make a mess of themselves just by like eating rice is also you practicing to get ready for the moment when you have to let them go be an adult. You know what I mean? So like those are all part of parenthood. Yeah. Wow. A plus parent advice that started with (laughs) I can't wait for the age where I can throw a ball full speed at their face. That's a great day. That's a great day. All right. Uh, our main topic today, believe it or not, is not parenting advice. Uh, we're going to talk about running. Uh, your boy is training for a 10K coming up Seawees uh, on September 24th. Um, so I'm really excited to to do that. And I, distance running and, and any kind of long distance running is something we actually, I don't think, have really spent any real time on on the podcast in any focused way. We've talked a lot about conditioning, talked a lot about sprinting, but distance running is, is not a topic we've talked about a lot because it's not a huge part of either of our training regimens but uh every once in a while i dip in and so that's what we're gonna talk about next here on the train with the best podcast the train with the best podcast is brought to you by super coffee and i have an update for you that's kind of an update for me that i'm now relaying back into an update for you you know the last couple of ads i have talked about how I have had to switch to the plant-based super coffee and that's fine because the plant-based super coffee flavors are legitimately delicious. I'm staring, making eye contact right now with a coconut mocha and I love the coconut mocha, but I've done that because I am now lactose intolerant. I figured out I was lactose intolerant and I was like, man, I guess I can't have the original anymore. Turns out, exciting update, I was mistaken. Because somehow, through the miracle of food science, which really isn't a miracle, it's science, because that's how science works, the regular, original, OG super coffees are 99.9% lactose-free. So, I'm back with a full arsenal. Now, will I still have some of the plant-based? The coconut mochas, the the French vanillas, the sweet creams. Absolutely. Why? Because they're delicious. But you want to know what else is delicious? Caramel, vanilla, mocha, hazelnut. 
all the original flavors, which I have figured out that I can consume. Blueberry latte, 100% dairy-free. How do they do it? I don't know. I don't even care, but I can drink them, and so can you. And you can go to drinksupercoffee.com and use the code TWTB, as in train with the best, TWTB, and you can get your first order 25% off. That's super coffee, super creamer, super espresso, all of it. All of the things, all of the grounds, all of the K-Cups, all of the things, whatever you want in that first order, 25% off. TWTB is in train with the best at drinksupercoffee.com. And if you don't like it, it's got a 60-day money-back guarantee. The Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Momentus. And today, we're going to talk about sleep. Why? Because Elite Sleep is back. Now, I will warn you, it doesn't smell very good. I'm just going to put that out there. That's how you know this ad is honest because I am telling you something that's not great about a product that we are endorsing. But the reason it doesn't smell great is because they've went all in on the all-natural ingredients, and they said, you want to know what? We're here for efficacy. And unlike their proteins, where they will not compromise on taste, you can take about half a second of a couple of pills that don't really smell that great. But you want to know what? Since the new formula launched, and I've started reintroducing Elite Sleep to my routine, my whoop recovery has been nuts good. Like I have actually seen a significantly bigger difference. And you remember when I first started taking Elite Sleep the first time around, if you're a long-time listener to the podcast, this was in the advertisements. Always listen to the ads. There's good information in here. My, my recoveries jumped significantly. I've seen an even bigger jump since reintroducing it this time around. They did a great job with the new formula. I'm not a nerdy science person enough to tell you what all the differences are, but all that information, if you are into that kind of thing, is available at livemomentous.com. But here's the important part. Go get some. Go to livemomentous.com, use the code trainwiththebest25, and get 25% off your first subscription order, and it's 15% off all the refills. So you are always getting discount premium product at a very non-premium price. So add that to your subscription or go and build one right now. Livemomentous.com. The code is train with the best 25 because if you're going to train with the best, you better recover with the best. And that's why we choose Momentous. Our main topic today is distance running. Uh, your boy is running a 10K. I've had a, a month to prepare. Or I, I will have a month to prepare. I got asked to do this uh, by the good folks at Lululemon for on August 24th. Uh, September 24th is race day. Uh, it's a 10K. Uh, there's a half marathon, which eventually, like I've always kind of said, like half, half is the kind of thing that I would like to do once, but I don't know when yeah. I'll actually do it. That's, that's a very long race. Like it's what I'm going to run, but double it. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, 10k coming up, which is a distance I've done before, just like in one summer I got really into running and that was kind of where I maxed out. Um, my goal is to finish in under an hour and I, I, I gave myself a month. Now the hard part was I was not in any kind of running shape. I've done a really good job this year of focusing on my strength goals and I'm stronger than I've ever been, but that has come at the sacrifice of actually running. So I am going from in strength shape AKA not in running shape to 10 K <laughs> shape with the goal of finishing under an hour. And I've given myself about a month's time. Uh, so I got, I kind of got two yeah. competing goals here. I got to, I got to lengthen out. I got to build capacity. And I also got to take that, uh, fact that I have not done any running and thus don't have any speed, uh, developed on, in terms of distance. And by the way, because I've been doing a lot more strength stuff, like 
I'm heavier than I've ever been, uh, which is not a complaint. It's just like a part of, of when you're running and you have to carry more weight and I'm slower than I've ever been in terms of my sprint speed, because I, again, I haven't been doing it. So I've got, I've got to get build capacity while getting faster, which is, uh, actually I think maybe easier than people realize. Um, it's easier when you're strong. <laughs> yes. True. But it always goes back to like, Hey, if you're strong, you can turn that into a different, a lot of different things. So, like, the longest I ever ran was a half marathon. It was down in South Carolina at Myrtle Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I ran it with a client of mine who said, hey, I need to do this half marathon. I need you to help me finish it. So I'm going to pay for you to do it. So I was like, <laughs> okay. So that day, uh, Jada Hall and I went and we did our half marathon. And it was the same day that her husband, D'Angelo, had four interceptions against the Chicago Bears. <laughs> so it was a, That's a, a very story. memorable 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 day it was like we we crossed the finish line i was like yeah we did it we felt so good about ourselves and then d had four interceptions and we're like crap he couldn't just let us have like one day where we that's hilarious you know so um so that's the longest i ever ran and i remember being in decent shape like cardiovascular wise i was fine but hitting the pavement wise i was not Mm -hmm. because that was two hours straight of hitting the pavement over and over and over again and that's what you really have to prepare for um and that's where that's why i think the strength can help you a lot as long as you do it responsibly like you start out maybe not maybe you can start out like doing half do 5k and then start every week like increasing your mileage by 10 percent, so that you're not killing yourself to get there and you don't even have to run 10k like the, the guys that get the train for marathons they don't run a marathon to exactly. get ready they if they get to if they get to twenty miles, they'll know, right? They can they that they're within range. Um, the other thing is like that that day of the race is going to be so much more exciting than your training because you go out there, you train, you're by yourself, you try to find playlists and stuff, and yeah, you get you get your miles in on the road. But when you're there on race day, there's all kinds of festivities, there's all kinds of people there. So like for the first half of the race, you're good, and then by the time you realize that oh my god, like I'm starting to get tired, there's only a few miles left, you know. So for, for you, I would say over the past month, like it's really just about building up that tolerance of ground contact. Cause that's, that's the one that I feel like, especially as you get older, if you're not somebody that runs, this is something that you got to get your body ready for that's more a, than the cardio stuff. Yeah. That's a hundred percent where I'm at. Um, my feet and ankles were the first, so the first run I did I was in this old pair, not to, to bash Nike, but like they ain't the running shoes for me. But I was in yeah. I was in a pair of Air Pegasus's Pegasus's and uh, <laughs> I I was like, let me just run for thirty minutes and see how it goes. I ran two point five seven miles. I was so slow because my and it wasn't yeah. like, oh my god, I can't do this. It was my feet and ankles and shins hurt so bad. Yeah. Uh huh. And so immediately once I got new shoes and I started in a pair of new balances and I've now switched to the on, uh, cloud flyers. Uh, and that, that's the shoe yeah. that I wound up settling on. Um, like the difference is, is amazing. Like I'm already under 10. I, I went from that. I think that's 1157 pace all the way down to basically 10 minute pace, uh, in sub 10 minute pace already. 
And so that was just a huge part of it was one, like anything, set up for success. So get getting the proper footwear, go to your local running store. Most yes. of them are great. That is um, the number one step. Yes. They, they know how to you know watch your gate and, and make some recommendations. Um, I'll shout out Pacers uh, here in DC as, is the one I went to. And, and another great thing about them, like to be fully transparent, like they have a 30 day return policy. So like I got these new balances, they were pretty good, but I wasn't sold. So I was like, let me go back and try the the other shoes that I was considering. We go for a run in the ons. And those are the ones that, it, that I wound up doing from there. The reason I say it's maybe easier to get faster and build capacity at once is like they work hand in hand on some level, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If my goal is to finish this race in under an hour as a 10 K the faster I go, the less time I have to run. <laughs> and so there is a premium on speed development. And so, yeah, from a time standpoint, the way I'm building capacity is timed long run. So I'm running three times a week. I have like an interval or tempo day where I'm trying to run at race pace or faster for a set amount of time rest, set amount of time rest. And that could be repeat 400. So quarter mile at a time, it could be, right. you know, time like mile time trials, basically, where it's like run a mile, rest, run a mile, rest at either race pace, or in that case, faster than race pace. So you're building that, that speed at a faster pace than you're going to wind up running on race day. And then like actual speed days where there's, you know, like a, a, I'm running 400s, like track style or 200s or 100s. Um, and working on my stride and my speed development that way. Um, so that that's part of it. So or those are the kind of the three days, right? Running three days a week, long run for time where I'm building that capacity, an interval run where I'm under tension, if you will, for, uh, again, a long time, almost as long or it, the way I've progressed it longer than my previous long run. And some of that is spent at race pace and some of that is spent in some kind of recovery mode. And then a true speed day, uh, which right. is mile or less, some co- sort of workout, lots of you know high intensity, trying to build that speed. And so far, so good. And it's cool. And I'll, I'll post this um, after Seawees, after the 24th, see how it plays out. But so far, so good of um, what it winds up being is basically a linear progression of getting faster, building capacity, um, and you know, a month is not, I would say it is a little less than ideal at the time to build, but it is definitely doable. And just like you said, I don't need to get to 10 K before race day. I need to get to about, my goal is to get to like a 50 minute long run somewhere in the five, like five yeah. to five and if a you half get to miles. A 40, 45 minute, you're good. Yeah. Right? And, and then it's with the adrenaline of race day and yeah, you'll you know, be right. the consistent progressive overload, the next one I would have done would have been 60 anyway, or 6.2 anyway. Uh, yeah. so I, that, that's kind of where I got to get to. Yeah. How close are you now? I mean, where are you now? So you my last run was a timed interval run. Um, there's a, there's an interval that, uh, my boy, Sam Gunther, our, our boy, Sam Gunther, um, mm-hmm. who's a runner extraordinaire, um, that he loves to do 30, 60, 60, 30. So it's 30 on 60 off 60 on 30 off. And you just repeat it. Right. You come right. back around for that second, that second lap and you have 30 off then 30 on. That's a brutal little 30 on. Uh, but I did that uh, yesterday. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I did that yesterday. Um, and I wound up running for about 40 minutes, four miles. It was like a 10 Oh five pace in total. But like that included, you know, a three minute break in between two sets right. of this interval where I'm 
straight up walking. So my moving right. pace, I was down around nine, nine thirty, somewhere in that range. I would have to do the math, but I'm, I'm already down to, to averaging race pace and or like my, my ceiling of race pace or floor, depending how you look at it, right? The slowest I want to go, I need to be around nine thirty uh, pace to, to finish this 10 K in under an hour. Um, and, and doing it for about 40 minutes. So I have a long run tomorrow where I'm anticipating I'll be around nine 30 pace, uh, and nonstop for 40 minutes. And if I can do that, be a little over four miles, like I'm right on track with what, two and a half weeks to go. Yeah, I think, I think you're good. I mean, I was, I think I was a little bit younger than you, but when I did that half marathon, I think I just, I just did it. Like I didn't even think about it. That's why, that's why I was in such bad shape afterwards. Like I couldn't walk. And I think I've, I think I developed plantar because I just completely underestimated what my tolerance was for ground impact. So, um, you're, you're on the right pace and, and you're doing 10 K you're not doing right. 13 miles. Right. So I think I, depending on the course too. Right. So I think the first 10 K that I did was Rockville, Maryland Pikes peak. And it was just all downhill. So mm-hmm. it was kind of cool. Um, and like a lot of the professional runners go out there because that's where they go to set their personal record. Cause it's all downhill. Right. So that's, so. that's the, the part that I'm, I need to figure out in the next couple of weeks. I might even mess with it tomorrow is the route is start is going to start at you. So normally seaweeds is in Vancouver and it's like a big giant right, thing right. that Lululemon does, but because of the pandemic, um, sure. it's virtual this year. And basically you can complete it within like a six day range. You just do it on Strava, et cetera. Um, but there's like, there's some of the DC run groups have organized to have like a, a DC version. And we're going to start at union market, go down towards the Capitol, mm-hmm. run the mall or part of the mall, and then mm-hmm. go back up towards union market, which is, there's about 200 feet. I think if I looked on Strava correctly of elevation going back up. So that's the part that I have to make sure. And, and I think a lot of people can uh, either sympathize or like if, if, if you're runners, like, you know, this, you got to make sure you plan for the hills. Cause if you, if you yeah. try to go run on race day up a hill and you haven't done any kind of hill training, like you're going to be screwed. Yeah. So I, that's something that maybe on my long run tomorrow, I might mess with the back half of that route so that I have, yeah. uh, or just go, some, or just go experience. run some hills. Like yeah, I remember that's yeah, yeah, that's another great great idea too. Like on your your interval running days you could do hills. That's what you could do. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um so that I mean just making sure training complete. I will say the biggest challenge that I've had from like a a training efficacy standpoint is none of and, and I'm sure that I, what I'm 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 saying this on the pod in the hopes that somebody replies and is like, <laughs> "Hey, here's a good solution." None of the Apple Watch apps um, have like a good current pace. So trying to figure out how fast I'm currently going has been a problem. I need to, I have a Garmin watch that's dead and I don't think I have the charger anymore. So I might just need to suck it up and buy a Garmin charger and go back to that watch, um, even though it's inferior for everything but this one particular thing. Um, But I, I, I would love if Strava or Nike Run Club or Apple Watch could use the accelerometer in the in the Apple Watch to actually tell me how fast I am currently going. Because it's one thing to do it on a track where you can do the math and be like, all right, I need to complete this lap and whatever. But if you're just out running in the open, that's uh it's not very fun. Yeah. 
And that's, that's the other thing too, I will say is like on race day, they're going to have professional pacers out there that sure. are running at, yep. at that pace. Right. So it's like easy for you to be like, Oh, this is the pace that I'm supposed to be running. So, um, yeah, I, I, that was also something that I was terrible at. I was terrible at understanding what pace I was running at because it, it was either full speed or not at all. For me. I was going to say, that's been the right. hardest thing for me is finding like, I either run at like seven thirty pace or 11 minute pace. Yeah. And to average somewhere in the middle is like, and just be a, a metronome of consistency is not a thing that appears to be in my skill set. That's a really hard thing for me to do is to find that, that zone two, that middle ground and run at like a, a nine minute pace. Cause I can run, I can run at a six minute pace or less or a 12 minute pace or higher. But in between that, like if you right. tell me run eight to nine minute pace, like I don't know what that feels like. I feel like my body's getting just as tired running eight minute pace as it is running a six minute pace. Right. You know? So, so that's, that's what I always struggled with, but I think you're, you're on the right track because you've got your three zones and that's how we would break it down. Anyway, you got your zone one, which is like your 20 to 30 minute effort runs or longer, which you, you'll, you'll eventually extend into uh, like a, an hour, but that's an easy pace. Like you could run that for forever or, or should be able to, and right. then your zone two, which is, where you'll be on race day is your zone two, where um, that's a one to 10 minute effort or one to five minute effort where, yeah, it's, it's not quite, you're outside of your comfort zone, but not quite all out. And then of course, uh, your zone three, which is, which is all out. Like that's one minute or less efforts where you're running sprints or you're running hills or something like that. You know, that's typically what we look at anyways. When, when, we're, when we're training athletes, that's what we look at. Where, where are they and where do they need to be filled, you know, for sure. And so that's another thing about race day with the professional pacers and stuff. So is the pacer just going to run nine 30 the entire time? Cause I'm yeah. telling you right now, when I cross that six mile threshold, that last 400 meters, that last quarter mile, I am kicking. I'm going to yeah. run out of my group and I'm going to finish. Like, I yeah. know I'm, I will have that in me. So I'm just like, excuse, uh, yes, excuse me. I'm leaving the group now. Yeah, th and that's what you should do. And the, the Pacers are not going to do that because the Pacers are not there to run the race. The Pacers are there like working. Right. You know what I mean? So they'll they'll stick to their pace the, the entire time. Yeah. I can do that for much shorter distances. I used to be pretty good at pacing like clients that needed a 300-yard shuttle in X amount of seconds. <laughs> I, was, I was good at that one. Right. You, get, <laughs> you get above 400. That's what I mean. You're talking about 300 yards, 400 yards. We're talking about a lot of different, like we're talking about 7,500 yards. You ran track, right? Yeah. So like, were, were you one of these guys that could just like nail your splits or were no, you all well, over the place? If it was two hundreds, then yes, I could, <laughs> I like, I could pace a 30 second, 200. I could do that. But like I said, like after that running a 35 second or a 45 second, 200 is just as much effort to me. Uh, I, you, Yeah. I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, like at some point, like I'm actually using more effort to to shorten and slow down my stride than I am if I just run like my normal stride. Right. You know. Well, I mean? that's the thing is like it actually takes more effort to run slower because ev and it's different for every person. But you yes. have like there There's is a, a there is a pace that for everyone yes. is their maximum efficient pace. And in a right. way, it's like I don't, I don't know if this is a weird analogy or if this is a good one. You'll you'll tell me in a second. But like on the Kaiser squat, right? You have mm -hmm. the the lower weight where you can move it faster. You have the heavier weight where you can't move it fast. And somewhere in the middle, they meet at like maximum yeah. output. 
mm-hmm. that's kind of the same thing. Like it's somewhere there's like you're not giving too much effort uh, that you're getting tired, but you're not so so slow that you're not getting anywhere. There's somewhere in the middle that it meets. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. And like for for most people, that's in the middle. For our elite runners, that's very very high, but they they fall off that cliff fast, right? Like so like. When I first started at EP in Brambleton, there was a lady there by the name of Melinda Cassie, and she was a professional Nike runner. And she could run a six-minute pace for like three hours straight. Like she was unbelievable. She could, she, she could run a marathon, I think it was like uh, two and a half hours, or something, something crazy. Like, mm-hmm. and, and the pace that she could keep up was insane. But if you asked her to go like one mile per hour faster, she was going to crash. Hmm. Yeah. Right, like, like, all right. This is a pace I can run ten miles per hour, twelve miles per hour, and I'm good. I can stay right here for forever. But if you ask me to run thirteen miles per hour, I'm crashing. Yeah, Makes it was sense. it was amazing to see. Like, it, it was um uh th- another example would be like the LeBron game when he was playing in San Antonio and there was no air conditioning. Yeah, like he crashed quick because his body is conditioned to perform at at these conditions, right? And it made sense. Like as soon as you take him, like a five degree difference is going to make a huge difference for a guy like LeBron. Well, it also explains why like elite marathoners, you know, there's trying to shave an extra. It's like, how hard could it be to run an extra one second or five seconds per mile faster? The answer is almost impossible. Like that's why you train years to try to shave a couple seconds off. Mm-hmm. or like if you're even to take that down to sprinters like you train like why is it that guys can't like it's a tenth of a second you think you'd someone would get lucky into that but <laughs> no that that's not how that works in order to shave another tenth off you train forever and that's why someone like Sydney mclaughlin in the, in the 400 hurdles like the fact that she's been able to shave so much time off part because she's so young but like she's gonna right. hit that wall it's not like she's gonna be on a linear progression and keep shaving time off no, right. like she, she broke, you know, it, she, she shaved a half second off of her world record from, I think the Olympic trials to the Olympic final. Um, but like it could take her another five years to ch- to shave another point two like quarter second off because yeah, it's I mean, just yeah. that hard. Well, we're talking about, we're talking about like <laughs> these people that are breaking world records. Yeah. To, to get a 10th of a second, just like long jump or triple jump to get an extra two inches out of your long jump at that at that distance already, that's that's a lot. Yeah. For me, though, 30 seconds at a time, <laughs> just getting chopped off. Chopped off. Seawees, here we come. Uh, if anyone has any good. Good, any good uh, watch recommendations or, or pace recommendations, tips, tricks, uh, better apps, whatever, uh, hit me on Instagram at Craig underscore Hoffman or at Train with the Best 21. Of course, you can follow Chris as well at Trainer Gores. The merch still available. We're sh- we've shipped nationwide. I've shipped stuff to New York. I've shipped, st- yeah. shipped stuff to California. My boy sent me the picture yesterday. I'm going to post that, actually. He sent nice. me a picture. Um, and this, is, this is my boy, uh, Keith, Keith Ferguson. Yep. Um, my homie from, from Cornell. He was, he was somebody that I, I basically grew up with because he, he went to uh, Friendly High School in Maryland, and then we both went up to Cornell. He was a year in front of me. A couple of years ago, we went up to Ithaca for the Cornell Hall of Fame induction when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. You got Hall and of Keith, Famers wearing gear. That's right. And Keith is one of these guys, man. Like, if Keith was playing today, back when we played wide receiver, we were going up against safeties that had visors and neck rolls. Like, those <laughs> safeties were coming to take us out of the game. 
Nowadays, if Keith was playing, I think Keith could have made it to the league. It, he was a guy that was like he was a guy that made me question whether I was fast or not, because I was like, I know I'm fast, but this dude is on a whole nother level. I know I'm fast. Like, I'm fast. Right. I would look at him and be like, wait, am I slow? <laughs> uh, what happened? But yeah, Keith, Keith is uh, Keith's my boy and he's always supported us. He listens to the podcast. He did. He uh, he finally got his shirt. So I'm going to definitely post that out there today. Yeah. Shout out, Keith. Sorry for the delay on the shirt. Lots going on as established. The moving did not help the shipping time. Uh, but we uh, got Keith, uh, his shirt, a couple, couple others uh, up in New York, uh, sent a shirt out to California. Uh, plenty of people local in D.C. have gotten there. So uh, keep them going. Train with the best 21.com slash shop. And you can get uh, we got tanks. We got T-shirts. Uh, be more stuff coming eventually. So that is exciting for sure. Uh, all right. Anything else on this year podcast for you, sir? I'm good. All right. Well, uh, you go and enjoy the rest of your breakfast. I'm going to go make breakfast and put this podcast <laughs> out. Uh, so everybody, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time back here on the Train with the Best podcast. 